Ken Forrester, Executive Director at Momenta. Welcome to our Digital Thread Podcast, produced by, for, and about digital industry leaders. In this series of conversations, we capture insights from the best and brightest minds in digital industry. They're executives, entrepreneurs, advisors, and other thought leaders. What they have in common is like our team at Momenta, they are deep industry operators. We hope you find these podcasts informative, and as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Good day and welcome to episode 170 of our Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. Today, I'm pleased to host Christopher Van Dyke, CEO of Overview AI, a company building reliable, adaptable computer vision systems for any factory. Momenta is a proud investor in Overview AI. With over 16 years of engineering and manufacturing expertise, Chris focuses on optimizing customers' manufacturing operations using artificial intelligence and computer vision to accelerate product development, reduce rework, and improve yields. Since founding Overview in 2018, Chris has been instrumental in building a company and team dedicated to a disruptive, positive impact on manufacturing for decades to come. Before Overview, Chris served in several senior manufacturing engineering positions at Tesla for over eight years. For Tesla's Model 3, he led the 80-person battery design team from the initial battery concept to the product launch to the high-volume production. He also managed the infrastructure and equipment design for the first Gigafactory, including equipment for supporting battery cell manufacturing. Chris also launched Tesla's electric vehicle supercharger program with more than 25,000 stations worldwide. Prior to Tesla, Chris was a senior engineer at H2Gen Innovations, during which time he co-authored multiple patents. Chris holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering from Stanford University and a Master of Science in Chemical Engineering from the University of Virginia. Chris, welcome to our Digital Thread podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, believe me, it's absolutely a pleasure and very exciting. So as you know, we call this the Digital Thread Podcast, and it really is about really your personal journey, what we like to call the digital thread, if you will. What would you consider to be your digital thread? In other words, the one or more thematic threads that really defined your digital industry journey. Yeah, the kind of main thread in my career has been problem solving and trying to create new things and doing that in a way where the new technology can really have a big impact on the world. In almost every case, this sort of, even though I focus on hardware and and the physical world, all of the improvements are built off of digital enablers. And, you know, even kind of improvements in computing or controls or some other digital, you know, now AI, some other digital kind of transformation that then allows you to make a really big improvement in a kind of hardware or physical device. So, you know, I saw this a lot at that at H2Gen where I worked and, and a ton at Tesla. And, and I've really landed in the digital space I'm in now because it's just so ripe for meaningful technology development. Software hardware interface is, has so many areas where you can create new and incredible things that really have a widespread impact. And we'll certainly talk about that impact in a minute. So coming out of school, you had an early startup experience at H2Gen, really kind of being part of the team that grew this from 20 to 150 people. What early lessons did you learn from this startup effort, you know, so early in your career? 
Yeah, H2Gen was a, a really great place to start my career. It was a small company, but it was really ambitious in its engineering. It was trying to make major improvements in a kind of large and technically impressive, but somewhat static field, the chemical processing. And I just, I really learned how to engineer things, how to focus on improving them and how to create new things. And we'd be redesigning components and equipment that hadn't changed in 20 or 25 years. And there would be some enabling digital piece or enabling computing new piece of hardware that, or sorry, piece of software that could kind of come in and, and help. And if you just tack that on to the old version, it, it might make an incremental improvement. It wasn't that revolutionary. But if you really understood the underlying physics of the piece of equipment you were trying to change and understood the pragmatic constraints and sort of understood it at a deep level, and you understood the new tech, you could really combine those into something that was way, way better than what you had before and really like a 10x improvement you know, while reducing cost. And so there was a lot of that hands-on stuff at H2Gen and I learned it there. And then unfortunately, I also learned that small companies and startups are always on a knife's edge. If you had asked me in 2007 or 2008, if I thought that the company was going to make it, I would have been pretty confident they were. I felt like I had a good foothold on some interesting stuff and it was going to really start to grow. And then there were some kind of you know, out of left field setbacks, and all of a sudden it, it really like fell apart. And so, you know, that was a tough lesson as well. It certainly sounds like it. They say that working at a startup is probably the best real world MBA you possibly could have because it's never the stuff that you can calculate and count on that ultimately affects the uh, business. It's always those black swans, as they like to call it, right? Like over the last two years, COVID, right? <laughs> yeah. So you did go from a maybe not successful startup to one that I think anybody would agree has been a great startup, Tesla. So you joined them in 2010, contributing to several large-scale engineering efforts, as we mentioned, the supercharger program, Gigafactory, and the Model 3 battery design. What was it like to work at Tesla at such a formative time? And really, kind of what lessons did you learn from it? Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. It was an exciting place from the first day I got there, even though it was under 500 people. And it may feel like sort of an inevitability now, but it really didn't then. Living through that transition was really powerful, going from a very kind of underdog company to a company that was fairly established. And I learned a lot and took away a lot. So, But if I had to kind of reduce it down, keeping the bar really high on people, that Tesla did that from the very beginning in a very just intense way. And that included the hiring practices and, and then letting people go and Positions would go unfilled for a long time, even in desperate times. But if you couldn't find the right people, you really could, should not bring them in. And that just kind of had a huge ripple effect across the whole company. You know, having the kind of motivating mission certainly like would help during the kind of tough times where you're working really hard and you don't know what's going to happen. And that, that is certainly a, a big part, I think, of, of what made Tesla both you know, great to work at and sort of a, a good, good success. And then there was really this mentality that like whatever you were working on, whatever task it was, you know, if you were designing a charging cable or figuring out how to do the regen for recharging the battery while the car was slowing down, no matter what it was, the task that you were focused on, you had to approach it knowing that you could do it better than anyone else in the world. Maybe just as good as anyone else in the world, but really you were shooting for better. And if you weren't really ready to do that, then that's what you needed to focus on, improving your own skills or pulling other people in from the rest of the company. And, you know, that kind of like 
trying to do things the best they possibly can, no matter how small the task. That that also was really powerful and really led to a lot of improvements across the company. And you know, that's something I've really carried forward. That at Overview, we also try to approach our work that way. You know, we look at manufacturing quality and automated inspection, and we're trying to build the best toolkit you possibly can to help manufacturing engineers and operators and our customers solve the type of problems they're working on. Well, it sounds like a great experience. And I think somebody I'd interviewed in the past has called it the Elon factor in some sense, right? Because those cultural attributes you describe out of Tesla certainly are ones people would assign to Elon's own personality, right? Probably larger than life personality. Yeah. Um, If the person at the top is really embodying the the (laughs) cultural points, then, you know, everyone else kind of gravitates to that for sure. Yeah, no, very sure. So let's talk about some of the key insights that really led you to co-found Overview AI in 2018. Yeah. So, you know, I spent a lot of time in manufacturing and manufacturing is really hard in in a way where there's just kind of like a lot to be done. It's really rich in problem solving. It's very satisfying. It's sort of an awesome world to solve engineering problems in. So I don't know if that was like an insight, but that's really kind of what drew me in a little bit to starting a company in this space. And it's also underserved, especially given how big it is, and especially in software. And that I was really able to see from the inside. So, you know, we had amazing budgets and amazing engineers at Tesla, but still had tons of rudimentary problems. And I knew good software products could really make a big difference. And then in 2016, 2017, computer vision and deep learning really improved a lot. And, you know, was just a kind of amazing transformation there and became this really powerful digital technology. And that was making a lot of waves on the self-driving car side, but it wasn't anything we could access in manufacturing. It was new and hard and, you know, people internal to Tesla were always working on it on the product side. And then the legacy companies in manufacturing had a little bit of, it was complicated enough that it was hard to sort of work on. And so that felt like this really enabling technology innovation that would fill some of these needs in manufacturing that always seemed like a great opportunity and really made me excited to go off and leave the comfort of Tesla and find it, found the startup overview. Yeah, I'm sure that was a tough decision to make, especially given, you know, how much you had contributed to Tesla now becoming, you know, the de facto success, uh, if you will, in electric vehicles. As you know, Momenta has deep roots in manufacturing. We've invested in companies like Eigen Innovations, Litmus, Sight Machine, ThingWorks, as, as several of them. Many of them do support video-based solutions. So what do you see as the opportunity space for visual input inspection? And how does your solution complement these more general purpose platforms and solutions? Yeah, we really channel our days as engineers and operators in the factory, and we're trying to make our software really easy to use. So some of the general ones are great and powerful, but they're not quite as tailored exactly to manufacturing and kind of try to simplify the work that the manufacturing engineer has to do. So we provide a really sophisticated tool, but you don't need to have any kind of a specialist to use it. We're trying to make it fast and affordable and low effort on the customer side. And then that'll actually allow the systems to, you know, people to put in even more systems, which can kind of have compounding results. We also really try to make the solution powerful, but but incremental. You don't need a major overhaul to take advantage of it. You can start with one use case and get a lot of value out of it. And then you can build up to really major improvements, but you don't have to get rid of anything or sort of do any kind of big, scary initiative. So that's another distinguishing feature we think for us. 
Yeah, I think what really stands out for me is this ease of provisioning, uh, you know, like a couple days to basically get systems like this set up. And way back in my discrete manufacturing days at Philip Morris, of course, very high speed manufacturing when you think of tobacco products, cigarettes particularly, where some of these machines are producing something like ten to 12,000 per minute, right? And every one of those has to be inspected. So those video systems are one quite complex to set up and also infinitely valuable in terms of improving quality overall. Tell me about some of your early use cases and wins that Overview has had already. Yeah, so our software can spot defects on all kinds of parts. So we are tailored to manufacturing, but within manufacturing, we're broad. So we have kind of good customers in medical device and industrial food and automotive. And, you know, the common themes are like in cases where it's particularly good, it would have been previously parts that were previously batch inspected. So they would take a couple off of the line and inspect them in sort of a deep way but not every part would get inspected. And even that was a little error prone. And then we can put our systems in and you can inspect every part. So every defect gets caught and then you track all the data. So you get this sort of interesting insight into how often things are failing. And, and that we have a couple examples where that's really just kind of like kind of worked on all axes and it's improved the component that the customer is making dramatically. And so we have kind of a nice ability to fit with mid-sized manufacturers that don't have massive engineering teams, but still want and can really benefit from some of this cutting-edge technology. So especially sort of in the early days of the company, that's like a really nice natural fit. We have worked with some larger companies where we'll take a particular problem that is kind of like outside the tool set that the company is sort of used to working with. So they, they have the in-house experts in the systems and they're they're used to the commercially available systems but there's still some problems that are sort of challenging you know beyond what they're used to and even though we kind of do a repeatable software product we also have a really awesome team with deep expertise and so sometimes we can use our product to do some problem that previously didn't have a commercial solution for it so we've had some good success doing some of those projects. Let me ask, how do you know when an organization is really ready to adopt your solution? And probably along the same lines, what best practices have you seen in helping that company realize that potential value? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's really if they have a quality pain point, they they have to be making something in medium to high volume. But if they're doing that, you know, usually there's a fit somewhere. And it's sometimes when defects can't get caught until you know much later in the process where they've already kind of cost the company a lot of money. You can put one of our systems up further, catch the defects sooner. Or if you have an expensive manual inspection, you know, worst case or worst case where defects can possibly make it all the way to the customer. So if companies have those situations and they're willing to try something new, that it can really be a great fit. It definitely works when the company is excited to kind of about new technology and the potential and willing to work on integrating it into their system and but that tends to be pretty common so yeah there's a lot of companies are you know already basically i guess let me ask you to put your maybe your prognosticator hat on so what do you see as the greatest opportunities areas for manufacturing given you know your background and your company in the next five years yeah i'd say the hardest kind of word in that question that question that makes it like pretty hard question is greatest There's just like a lot of opportunities in manufacturing. As I was saying, kind of seeing it from the inside, there's so many areas where things can be improved. And then thinking about it from a kind of a long arc, 
you know, eventually all factories will be fully autonomous or very close to it. You know, I, I think that's kind of as inevitable as a lot of technology arcs. But you can walk into plenty of factories today and you can see they aren't even close. But still, that's the direction they're moving in. And it just sort of highlights how big the opportunities are. So technologies like ours, where so, you know, new software, AI is really driving some new capabilities. Obviously, I believe those are, are big opportunities in manufacturing. But I, I also really think 3D printing is great. And there's kind of some amazing robotics now that can do really dexterous and sophisticated things. And so just, you know, continue to think there's just sort of tons of places where manufacturing is going to evolve and improve. Yeah, you know, a common element I hear is mass customization. And certainly you would have seen this at Tesla where, you know, every individual item that you're producing is somehow customized to a customer order. Given your system is so easy to provision and effectively learns, I would think that's also a very key trait that you guys will help contribute toward and help companies be more efficient in this idea of mass customization. Yeah, I mean, that is a challenge, but obviously there is value too. So yeah, our technology and the kind of the way the AI underlying kind of AI defect detection can generalize does make it, it's going to be easier for a system like ours to kind of operate in an environment like that than, than some of the traditional systems. But yeah, those are definitely challenges kind of that, that everyone will face. Mm-hmm. So I noted as you guys were a Y Combinator graduate and, of course, you know, quite famous as an accelerator. Let me ask, how did this program help you define and scale your company? Yeah, we really enjoyed YSD. It was great for us. We're a very technical team, the founders all being engineers, and, and we feel very comfortable with hard technical problems. But YC really helped us sort of understand the commercial side. We didn't even really know what the term product market fit was before going there and didn't know how to find any sales leads. And so kind of getting a crash course in how to run a startup or like what kind of the non-technical side of a startup was, that was really valuable for us. And YC does a good job of really explaining that to people. Yeah, I fully agree. We do like their graduates and they've been a great program along with the Alchemist as well. So in closing, I'm curious, where do you find your personal inspiration, Chris? Yeah, I think it sounds kind of cheesy or something, but I really get a lot of inspiration from working in the technology field and living where I do. I live in San Francisco in the Bay Area, and you know it's been getting a bad rap recently, but I've lived here for 15 years. And you know I'd meet people and early on, and they'd tell me about some idea, and then I'd bump into them. A year or two later, and they had started a company, and then I'd you know bump into them again, and like their company was big or some company I'd even heard of, and you know that just would happen over and over again. And I lived through all the Tesla growth, and all of that is really inspiring. You know, it pushes you to create things and gives you confidence that you can succeed if you try to take risks. And I've just been inspired by kind of like working in this field in this moment in time by by the peers and community around me. Micah Dolbeck, who leads our uh, ventures, uh, really the U.S. side of it, he lives in Menlo Park, describes it as the modern Camelot (laughs) in terms of the creativity and everything that is kind of renaissance building there in the Bay Area. And I suspect in spite of some of the recent challenges that will uh, that will continue. So, well, Chris, thank you for sharing this time and insights with us today. Yeah, no problem. It was great. Yeah, no, I appreciate it as well. What a great conversation. So this has been Christopher Van Dyke, co-founder and CEO of Overview AI, the next generation computer vision technology for complex manufacturing. Thank you for listening. 
And please join us next week for the next episode of our Digital Thread podcast series. Thank you and have a great day. You've been listening to the Momenta Digital Thread podcast series. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. And as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. Please check our website at momenta.one for archived versions of podcasts, as well as resources to help with your digital industry journey. Thank you for listening. 